my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to Studio 22. The course of true love never did run smooth. Bill Shakespeare. William's cousin. Today, we're covering the crazy topic of love, romance, dating, and technology's influence on culture in that world and everything in between. Brock, how you doing? I'm good. Uh, yes, these are the topics we're talking about today. <laughs> <laughs> it's a wild time in 2024, and it is much different than it used to be, but I'm excited to dive in. Let's dive in. We have some crazy uh, statistics that are pretty shocking and um i'm excited to dive into it because i was like holy moly i can't believe this is going on yeah we learned a lot when uh researching about this subject dating i guess start with the origins of i don't know when first dating first started i'm sure it was a very very long time ago uh but online dating oh yeah dating's definitely been around uh since humans could officially repopulate yeah Adam and Eve, if you're a you think, biblical you think, scholar. That's something I haven't heard about. You know, I wonder if they went on dates. That'd be pretty cool. Hopefully not by the apple tree. That was the one date that ended all dates. But uh, started all dates, I think. So. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. I'm just saying we wouldn't have any dates if they didn't do that. No, yeah, I wasn't saying that. because <laughs> yeah. um, In 2016, 240 million people worldwide we're using online dating so the term online dating is going to reflect dating apps and dating websites right any form of mm. online dating right um there is a difference between the apps and the websites that we'll get into 2021 323 million 2022 366 million so 
drastically increasing the amount of people on dating apps and dating websites. Yeah. In just six years, what is that? 126 million people? Yeah. That's pretty wild. Six years. That is a massive increase. Yeah. Around the world. And then in America, the most popular apps, Tinder is number one with 80 million Americans Mm. on Tinder. And that skews to Gen Z, right? Yeah. Typically Gen Z. And millennials go more towards Match.com, mm. which is 75 million Americans are on Match.com. Interesting. And so, Do you think that's accounting for social media as well? I feel like a lot of people will use something like Facebook or Instagram as a dating fishing pool, you know? Oh, for sure. I think... You think that's all calculated in there as well? I mean, it's all connection and communication, right? Like, what does it matter what URL you enter to talk to somebody? It's essentially very similar, right? I I think what I'm saying is I wonder if there's a higher number unless that was a, obviously it has to be an estimate. They're not counting everybody who's doing that, but I was wondering if it's a higher number. Well, I think, so we are using data from datingnews.com and Nimble App Genie. Right. So we have Mm. app stats and then dating news stats. Those are the two sources that we'll cover with everything we're going to talk about. 42% of users aim for marriage, right? I think that's, well, I think that's good. I I think that's higher than what I expected. And I'm glad people are actually out there looking for commitment, right? I'm curious. That makes me curious about the, the age range too. Yeah, I think the age range of people surveyed was like 18 to 55 or something, or 18 to 45. Oh, within? Something like that. Here's a crazy dating stat for you. Are you ready for this? 20% of people using a dating app are talking to 11 or more people at one time. Jeez. One-fifth of people. How do you keep track of that? It's crazy. What are you doing with your day that you uh, can communicate to 11 concisely with 11 or more people at once? That's romantically, you know? Right. Like if you think of how many like work calls and zooms and all that you do in a day. Yeah. Like it's definitely over eight. That's a lot. Yeah. And I'm wondering what their intentions are. Is your intention? Are you one of those 42% talking to 11 or more? to try and find someone to marry or is it a, is it a different intention? Right. I talk to way more than eight people a day. That's crazy. It's like, yeah, I mean, but, but you, you know what I mean? Of, you don't think about it until you look at your text messages from the day and you're like, wow, I text 34 people today right, or more, um, depending on how your day goes. And it just kind of adds up quickly. So thinking, but thinking about that, like, I don't know if I could do that. It's too much. Yeah. It's a lot. And to be able to keep track of that, but also like, again, it comes down to your intentions, right? Like what are your intentions when communicating on these apps? And yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting stuff. Well, a little bit less than half are looking for marriage, right? So that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. So of those 42%, 20% of that, what is that? Yeah, like 4%. <laughs> So four, let's, let's just say like 4.2%, whatever the number is, I don't know, are talking to or being talked to or talking to at least 11 people. Yeah. That's, yeah. Pretty, that's rough. Dude, it's crazy. Think about that. Like 
you never know. Yeah. And there's a lot of fish in the sea, so you got to filter them out and, you know, find the one that works for you. Right. And people's schedules and all that. Like I totally, I think 11's way too much, obviously, but that's not the majority of people, but it is a big chunk. And, and to be fair though, I feel like, you know, if you really are looking for your person, if that's your intention on the, on the dating app, um, how do you know if you're not face to face, right? So you're not only talking to a bunch of people, how do you know which people are being truthful or not? And then until you meet them in person, I mean, talk about catfish. How many people get catfish all the time? Are you ready for this shocking dating statistic? I, I don't know. Lay it on me. Let's see what we got. 50% of Americans lie on their dating profiles. Shame on you. 50%. I shouldn't say shame on you. I mean... To each their own. I don't think lying is a great way to start off a relationship, <laughs> but right. uh, 50, it's not a great way. I'm going to clarify that. And um, Sorry, go for it. But no, 50%, like that, what, and then that, that brings into, uh, you know, makes me wonder, what are they lying about? So men typically lie about their work mm. and women typically lie about their age. So- we're just sitting here and the guys, he's a, I'm the CEO of a fortune 500 company, but really he only runs his Activision account playing video games all day. Well, you got to drop into Verdansk. He's, he, he's in the military. I gotcha. Online military. Yeah. That's, but that's, that's the lie, right? that's what you say. Yeah. Okay. All right. And we're, then and we're then, getting deep into the stats here. It's, it's getting yeah. a little, uh, and then the women, 50, what is it? The women typically lie about what? Their age. 20% of women use younger photos. Mm. Which is like, I, that's not lying, hey, you know? That's fine. If you got a good photo, flaunt that. Yeah, know? totally. Yeah, you got to show off that gene pool, you know? Yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter what point. I mean, dude, should have seen my jawline when I was 19. I, you know, <laughs> it's, it, was, it was pretty solid. Throwback Thursday is like my favorite day. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder. Yeah, that's interesting. So I haven't been on a dating app in so long, <clears throat> but I have been on them. And you definitely, it's like social media. I think you highlight your best stuff, right? You're, yeah. you're, you're trying to uh, attract a suitor. You're trying to attract somebody. That sounds so funny when you say it like that, when I say suitor, but I'd want to show some things that uh, I'm interested in. If I was going to, so if I was going to make a dating profile, not to sidetrack too much today, what would I, what would I put in there? I'd show me, obviously I'd show some of my hobbies, my interests, camping, uh, my motorcycle, you know, I, I enjoy riding my motorcycle. Um, probably something to do with fitness, you know, probably, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a part of my life. I don't know, man. I'd feel it's, it's interesting putting it up there. Like, yeah, if that was a way that I was going to be searching for somebody, which I have done before. Right. Um, I don't know. It's different. I haven't done it in so long. I can't. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I think people deserve a little bit of a break on this one, right? I, I think there's a difference of like lying and embellishing and like you said, highlighting your positive attributes, right? Like, yeah. Why would you want to put your worst stuff out there? You for know, sure. that's for when you got them hooked and you show them three, four months in, you know, the pajamas, the pajamas. Yeah. Later down the road. Here's another disheartening fact. Are you ready? Mm. I don't know if I can take it. 62% of online daters are already in a relationship. 
Oof. Oof. That's rough. That's rough. Yeah. Yeah. Think about that. More than half the people you're talking to already in a relationship. Damn. But what are you going to do? You know? Yeah. They, they're not going to tell you that. They're most likely not going to be honest about that, right? Unless they have an open relationship, which is fine. Yeah. To each their own. But I feel like, I don't know, man. That's... Why would you do that? That the reason behind that is you just have to not be happy in your relationship, you know, unless there's other some other deep rooted stuff going on. But you have to I feel like you'd have to not be happy. And then it's like, well, what are we doing here? You know, what's the point of being in this relationship if we're not able to resolve our issues and fully communicate with each other and, and then not build that resentment over time? You gotta really work at being there. The the whole thing about being in a relationship is like it's never gonna be perfect with anybody, right? No. You're gonna have to fight for that person you're gonna have to choose that person and then you got to know that they're willing to speak to stay you know you got to figure it out it's not because it's perfect it's because you want that person because you choose that person so if they're sitting there and they haven't chosen the person and 60 percent of them are going to go or plus 62 percent right are going to go out and try to find somebody else for whatever reason like how many people are acting on that right that doesn't mean every person's acting on that but i'm sure a majority are and that's just straight up cheating, and that's not good. For sure. We don't know all the details of the stats, right? Like like you said, that means they could just be talking to someone. It means maybe they go on a date or two, but they don't act on it. Maybe they're in a fight, and they get mad, and they, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. But I agree. I, I think... I can I can attest to if I was in a relationship, and the woman felt that she needed to be on a dating app and try and talk to somebody else um, or go on a date with somebody else or anything, it would immediately instantaneously be over. Yeah. Because of my own values, uh, values and, and boundaries and morals. Um, and the point of believing you need to believe you and know what you deserve and you can't sit there and let someone do something that, because it's just not right, you know, and figure out the it's reason. It's not right. Yeah. Figure out the reason behind that. But, that's tough, man, because that is uh, social media has and not social, just social media, but social media um, and dating apps in general have made it so easy to connect with people. And it's even a false com- connection too. I feel like to a degree, because a real connection is sitting next to someone and getting to know them, seeing their, the way they move, they talk, their energy and, and being in it, being present with somebody because the reason I'm saying that is because we have catfish, right? I can't tell you how many messages I've gotten over the years of people who have fallen in love with me, but it's been a fake profile of me. It's been somebody else who's been leading them on or trying to get money from them or, Oh damn. Uh, you know, emotionally like really attaching them to each other, like, like grabbing their emotions and taking them and, and just taking advantage of these people, I guess is what you're saying for whatever their reasons are. I don't know what they are. And, um, I'm sure there's a million different variations out there, but it's just, it's tough because you can get emotionally attached to someone. You know, like I saw this video of this woman, I think she was in her sixties and she was sending money to Post Malone. She she thought she was in a relationship with Post Malone. Um, Catfished? Got catfished. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just that kind of stuff happens all the time, but it just shows you that, you know, as people, we want to connect, right? We want to connect with others and, finding our way to do it in a relationship, but to be emotionally attached to someone you've never met, that's it's tough. So there's an unattributed quote out there. We accept the love that we think we deserve, right? 
Mm-hmm. So if you're in a relationship and you're unhappy and you go on a date with someone else, that's a pretty selfish thing to do, right? Because you know you're going to hurt someone else's feelings, but yeah. in your head you're like, well, I deserve better, right? And not to say that they don't, right? Maybe in that certain situation, but at the other turn of that is that is a very selfish thing to do. And when you're in a relationship, it's right. about what are you willing to sacrifice for that other person the majority of the time. Not to say that you shouldn't have your own uh, as well, but if you're going to do that intentionally and it ends up knowing it's going to hurt or sac- but that's the thing too. This is such a complicated subject because people yep. are complicated, right? And then our trauma, our past, our, our personalities, we've got all these different reasons that all come together that make us each individually us. And if you sit there and you try to dissect somebody, like if somebody's going to go out on a date, maybe they need a certain amount of attention that they're not getting from their partner. Maybe they need a certain validation. Maybe, maybe they have some self-sabotaging tendencies that they want to try and destroy the thing that they have because they don't believe they deserve it. There's a million different reasons that go into that, but it's just, it's the trickiest thing. I feel like one of the, one of the, I feel personally, one of the most difficult things to really get right, or maybe not even difficult, but just the tough, one of the toughest things is love. I feel like love is like, like, dude, you can master making money and, you know, getting in shape and doing all this stuff. But love is such a complicated, interesting, you know, concept just in general. You know, it's not, it's not something that's just cut and dry. It's, it's a, turns a million ways, you know? It's almost like consciousness love is, right? Yeah. It's, you can't put your finger on it. You can't define it, but you know it when you feel it. Yeah. Speaking of the catfishing. One out of 10 profiles are fake. One out of 10. One out of 10. That's higher than I thought it would be. Yeah. And I know this is a very common thing, especially if somebody has a larger presence in, whether it's a celebrity or social media or whatever it is. I have had thousands, and I'm not making this up, thousands over the years of fake profiles of myself. I get sent them daily um, of people saying that they're me like Facebook, Instagram, Tinder. When I first moved to LA, there was a huge one on Tinder that people were like, this guy is crazy. Like, look what he wrote and what he will do to you. You know, it was it totally, uh, you want to talk about a defamation case. That was it. <laughs> Did not make me look good. And they use my name. And a lot of times they don't even use the name. It's just the pictures, right? But there are a lot of fake profiles out there. And that's what kind of what we were talking about. You know, like you could get in, you can get emotionally attached to somebody you haven't met, right? which is such a wild thing to think, but it's, I mean, why do you think? That's why these people are doing it, right? Yeah. They're scamming people, right? They're faking it. Yeah. Right. And, and that could be for a million different reasons, right? It could yeah, be malintent. It's malintent. It's it could be bad. Yeah. It could be financially. It could be those people are seeking, you know, some kind of emotional connection and they feel like they need to use this other version of somebody else to attract that. Yep. Because yeah. they're not satisfied with themselves. And yeah. I think they need to do work on themselves and, and hopefully get to a place that they can be happy. You know, yeah. speaking of love, I want to cover the five love languages by mm-hmm. Gary Chapman. All right. Dive in. First one, words of affirmation, right? This is pretty simple. It's compliments. It's, you know being positive and making sure that your partner understands that you care about them and that you're expressing that 
verbally, mm. right? Yep. Words of affirmation. A lot of people, that's a very common love language, right? This is what these are, the five most common languages of love. Number two, quality time, right? You got to make sure you carve out that time to whatever it is, go to the farmer's market, go on the hike, walk the dog, really make sure you get quality time with no cell phones, no distractions, you know, even if it's watching a movie, whatever yeah. it is, figure out how to get that quality time. That is very important to certain people, right? Yeah. And another one is receiving gifts, right? So that's, it's not just about getting a new car in your driveway, which would be nice. I would actually really love that. That's, yeah, a, that's yeah. not even one of my main love languages, <laughs> uh, but I'll take that. Um, but yeah, it's just a matter of, and on that point, I'm not going to sidetrack too much, but love languages, right? It's, we both, we have a love language that we give, right? One of those five. And then we receive another one and they're not usually the same one, but receiving gifts is definitely one. And it could be as simple as, uh, you know, just flowers on your way home from work for, for your partner or a letter or, you know, a, like a, we mentioned this earlier, uh, a wine that you remembered this person really liked. Right. Yep. So giving them that. So there's a bunch of different ways to give a gift uh, that somebody will receive and fill their cup of love, I guess you could say. I think it's a great way of showing that you care, right? Showing that you were paying attention when they mentioned whatever you get them yeah. or that you just went out of your way to try to make them happy, right? Yeah. It's manifesting your thoughtfulness into a physical object. Yeah. I th and I think on that point is something where it becomes a point of contention in a lot of relationships is potentially not understanding someone's love languages. And so if you give... Right. Uh, you know, uh, gifts as your main way of showing people you love them, but that person's thing is quality time right? or physical touch or whatever it may be. They're not going to receive that the way that you're intending to give. And so resentment builds and contention and, you know, all these different emotions come up, but it's not the one that you're intending. And that's where right. communication becomes vital, you know, and also finding a partner, you know, I was, either yeah. I, I was, that matches yeah. Yeah. Finding a partner that matches or finding one that is, um, that you're not going to quit on and you just find a way and you change and adapt for them. hundred percent. Fourth love language, acts of service, right? Yeah. So chores, cleaning up, uh, cooking, just an act that shows a form of selflessness, right? It, it's a caring act that you do because you want to take care of it and right. You're expressing your love by through service doing something for somebody yeah that's cool yeah so the the fifth one is physical touch and that is that could be as simple as holding hands with somebody walking in public you know touching them in a movie theater appropriately <laughs> um or you know in the bedroom you know that's another way but uh it, it's yeah being close to somebody i think it doesn't necessarily have to be you know sexual or, or along that nature it could just be, you know, being, you know, running your hair through somebody's running fingers through someone's hair. I said, I have long hair. That's great. Um, but I'm only, sure. I, you know, I actually, do you know what your love languages are? Have you ever done that test? So I'm under the philosophy of what he kind of teaches of like, you want to do all five, right? Like mm. you really, what do you mean by that? Like, it's good to do all these things in a relationship. Yeah. Right. 
But obviously, like you're saying, a, a lot of people are hardwired to really um, emphasize one, right? Like you're saying, it's like yeah. your preferred love language, even though you want to do forms of all of them. Yeah, you know? I think I think it's I agree with that. Yeah, I, I think there's forms of all of it, and I think there's a from what I've read, and I haven't done so much research. I like it. a lot of them. I don't know. I, I, I don't I know if I could pick. Yeah. Well, there's an actual test you could take and, um, Oh, okay. So it'll give you, I think it's actually, um, it's five, the number five lovelanguages.com is one of the places where you can take this test. I'm going to um, go, I'm going to take it. Yeah. It's, I think it's worth taking. I think that there's a primary one and then a, like a secondary and then okay. other ones I think can be close to, but it all depends on the person. But, um, I actually, I think I actually know mine. Yeah. What is it? What do you think your top two are? What do you think they are? Quality time and physical touch. That's funny. Those are mine. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, those are mine too. But I think <laughs> I think men in general typically have physical touch also. Right. But uh, quality time, man. I like to, you know, if, if there's somebody that I love and enjoy and want to spend uh, my life with, it's I want to spend some quality time. That means for me, it's uninterrupted. If I, if you can turn off your phone, we could turn off our phones. We could do something where it's just us. I think that's a pretty, uh, pretty cool thing. Dude, for sure. And I'm like, I can be antisocial, right? At times. So like, I don't want to go to a bar every night and have to like yell to talk to them. Right. Or like, it's, it's my a, favorite time <laughs> to communicate with someone. What are you talking about? Right. So, you know, it, we're all different, but yeah, for me, it would be, if I could take someone that I love, take my partner, take my girlfriend and turn off the world and it would just be us. And I, I would find that as good as it gets, you know, yeah. whether we're watching a movie, whether we're, you know, doing whatever we're doing, but if it's just us in a moment of time, whether that's a minute or five hours or a day, you know, I don't think I, it's kind of hard to beat that in my head. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, that's the person you're choosing, right? That you get to spend your time with them that over the other 7 billion people in the world. I mean, it's, it's kind of, I mean, to me, it makes sense. I think we're at like 8 billion now. These stats have got to be updated then. <laughs> yeah. So the, they end at 2022. So I'm sure. Oh, that's two. Oh, we're going on the second year now. Yeah. 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 So that's a full year of data that hasn't come out yet. We may be at 400 million people worldwide by this point. Based off those numbers, it's very much possible, right? Speaking of love in filmmaking, what are some of your favorite romantic comedies or love-based films? And I'm going to go after you. Oh, after. How many am I supposed to list here? Well, don't take mine. Because I, <laughs> secretly, love, Let's do I secretly love rom-coms. Do you really? I do. Interesting. I always have. Interesting. Yeah. I've tried to hide that for a long time. I like Love Actually. That's on my list. I just watched that last night. 10 Things I Hate About You. I watched that the night before. Love and Basketball. <laughs> I'm watching that tonight. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Titanic is amazing. Titanic. Right. If you want to go real deep with it. Silver Linings Playbook. Another one. Bradley Cooper. Uh, J-Law. Yeah. She's Jennifer Lawrence. Amazing. The Notebook, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the first times I cried watching a movie, dude. Oh, there you go. That's not true. I cried with Hercules and Lion King. Lion King got me good, dude. Lion King got, Lion King got yeah. me good. Lion King got me good. Um, you know, but I was also like four, so. 
Um, yeah, I remember crying in um, Gladiator. Gladiator. I think amazing. I was eleven. Dude, Gladiator is such a great movie. Yeah. I I don't want to break it down right now because we're focusing on the love stuff. But like, <laughs> yeah. how great story. is that? Yeah. He's. It's not even about his his redemption against Joaquin. Joaquin. We'll call him Joaquin. It's not even about that. It's he just wants to get back to his family. You know, he wants to get back yeah. to his his wife and his child regardless if he kills him or not, you know, he yeah. wants. And then when he finds out his family's dead, it's all about revenge and he doesn't even care about his life. He wants to reunite with his family yeah. in heaven. Yeah. That's really like where his journey goes on. It's, uh, it's amazing. Um, Punch Drunk Love. It's a good one. It's goody. Yeah. Casablanca. Princess Bride. It's been a while since I've seen, <laughs> I think I watched that once. Um, it's been a while since I've seen Kind that. of a rom-com. You could throw yeah, that in there. Yeah, yeah. You know. There's a lot of, it's just pretty much any Matthew McConaughey film pre, what, what was Failure it? to launch. Failure to launch. There you go. What was uh, um, the, 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 what, 10 Things I Hate About You, right? That's one. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger, Julia yeah. Stiles. So good. Um, what's the one where he's like a treasure hunter with, is it Kate Hudson? Wait, oh. Yeah, I love this movie. I can't remember the name of it. What is, is it, it new? No, no, it's older. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to look it up. I think she's writing like a... Is that the one? I feel like they did a couple, didn't they? Fool's Gold. Fool's yeah, Gold. Yeah. Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold. I like Fool's Gold, man. Um, you you know what else? Uh, Moonlight. Moonlight was a great... Mm. That was a love story. Yeah. I, I love that movie. I didn't see it. <laughs> I picked it to win best picture over La La Land. Mm. Not like, like because I liked it more or whatever, just because I thought it was going to win best picture. And they go up in La La Land, you know, they had the whole kerfuffle where they, <laughs> you know, it was, no, it's actually Moonlight. Oh, and um, I'm like, Steve Harvey I thought moment. I lost. And oh. then I'm like, because I do a Oscar thing every year where I yeah, pick, yeah. I've never gotten under 50%. I'm, I always call. I remember when we were in Cabo one year, the first year I saw you do that and we were all watching and yeah. you're literally like 10 for 10, like a hundred percent. I was like, what the, this guy's insane, dude. I'm good at the Oscar picks. I'm good at the Oscar. Picks. Yeah. Got to do it in Vegas. We got to do it at the Oscars one year. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. You're not going to get this one. <laughs> it's got to be this, this dude right here. But yeah, some good rom-coms. I actually did just watch one recently. What what was it? Ashton Kutcher. No, not Ashton Kutcher. It was Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis. Oh yeah. Friends. Uh just With friends. benefits. Just friends. Just friends? Friends oh, with benefits? I think there's both. There's just friends and there's friends with benefits, I think. Huh. Probably similar storylines. Right? It's the same movie and Ashton Kutcher's in one and Mila Kunis is in one. <laughs> uh, That's crazy. The formula. If the formula works, don't don't change it. Yeah, I respect that. Hundred percent. That's Hallmark's entire business plan. John Renitsky, this great comedian. Yeah. Um, you've met him with me a few times. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say Rizin, uh Krasinski. Krasinski. Yeah. Um, he did a sketch, like a you know digital comedic sketch, where he's McConaughey in the True Detective outfit <laughs> in the room, and he's like being interviewed, and um. He's ba they're like, where were you from 2000 to 2010? And he's like, I don't know. I, I blacked out. I, I went to every <laughs> romantic comedy ever made. 
it's a terrible impression. I wasn't trying to do that, but it's funny. Um, basically saying like he blacked yeah. out and was in every romantic comedy in that time period for ten years. Yeah, what a legend. Okay, and now we're gonna go into dating advice because I think it's good to talk about this stuff. It can get misconstrued a lot of the times, and you know we're not experts, right? But definitely been on a uh, number of dates and. They've some have been good, some have been bad, but that's how life goes. And um, but here are some things we want to share about dating advice. Mm. Go for it. Oh, pressure's on. Um, the first thing that comes to mind with dating advice is, I think looking inward. I know it sounds funny, but I think if you can focus on healing and understanding and self-awareness to the greatest degree you can, self-love, um, you'll show up as a better version of yourself. And I find that, you know, in relationships I had since I was young, uh, in relationships that I've had since I was young, I dated someone that I exactly needed for where I was in my life. So if I did someone that was terrible for me, it was because that's what I was attracting at the time. That's what I needed to uh, to to experience so that I could understand more about myself and to heal and grow on my journey. And I felt like I dated, I, I haven't dated many uh, people, uh, many, many women, but I found that every time I dated somebody, it taught me more about myself until I got to the point where I dated the one that really showed me everything, brought everything mm. to the table. And so I had things that I didn't even know I needed to work on that I couldn't be more grateful you know, it was a, it wasn't for me the best relationship, but it was the best in the sense that it showed me everything I needed to so that moving forward, I know what kind of man I need to be for the next person, for the right person, for the person I want to end up with, you know? And it was, yeah. a, I think that for me is, is some advice to really focus on yourself um, and trying to become the best version of you so that that way you can show up and be a better version for someone else. Cause you can't, go around and fill someone else's cup if your cup's empty. So you got to work on making sure that yours is overfilling so that it spills over into the other people's lives around you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's definitely a very insightful thing to say. You lobbed it at me. I'm lobbing it back now. Yeah. There you go. No, that was great. I guess <laughs> I'll go more like tangible, right? I'll go more like specifics we were talking about this the other day with Kevin, right? Toxic masculinity. And then I think the opposite side of that spectrum is being a gentleman, right? And I think you definitely want to strive to be a gentleman at all times. And that's a life thing, not just a date thing, right? Everything from opening up doors and holding it, you know, offering to pay the check. And just like you said, being a good person and being a gentleman and that's really it mm. like be yourself and let it let it flow yeah. don't be nervous right like i think so many people get in their heads because i did this you get in your head about something and you make it bigger than it is mm. when in reality you're just going to dinner with someone and yeah. a lot of the time you'll end up becoming friends right like that's fine um it just depends on the connection and who it is and what what y'all are doing but um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if that's good advice or even made sense, but 
that's kind of how I feel. Be a fucking gentleman. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that sounds like good advice. Um, yeah, I think I think another thing for me that comes to mind is, and I think this is one of the things that, from my experience, causes relationships to fail the most, and it's communication. You know, people learning how Huge. to yeah communicate properly because if you hold something in or something bugs you or you don't say what's on your mind or you don't even communicating at the right time, like, you know, if you're realizing that your partner, your wife, your husband, whatever it is, is on empty and you try to dump. And so let's say they're, they've got 10% in the tank and you've got 90% that you got to get out of you, right? Instead of waiting for the right time when that person, when your person is ready to receive it, you dump it right there. Well, you just took that 10% down to a zero and then it's only going to cause, you know, pain, fighting, resentment, and communication is such an important factor. And it's not like we're, we aren't taught this, right? We have usually, if you're lucky, two examples, which are your parents and hopefully they're good ones. Um, but nobody really has it all figured out, you know? And so the examples we get, we learn from them and then we learn from people around us, our friends, parents, and our friends in relationships, our uh, our own relationships. You learn all these different things you go. But if, you, if you're able to sit down and break down how to communicate properly to someone, how to be vulnerable, how to be open, how to communicate at the right time, it ups your ante in your relationship having success, I feel. And if not, you communicate improperly or you hold things in and you don't share them well, then resentment's going to build and that resentment only stacks over time. Yep. And it's not like you get and just get a clean slate, right? There's ways to work through it. And with time and proper communication, sometimes therapy, sometimes couples therapy, right? There's a million different ways to well, do what it. What is therapy? It's communication. Yeah. Right? Learning how to communicate, right? Yeah. And balancing all that. Um, that's one thing that I think is vital to a healthy relationship. It, it is communication. Yeah. Yeah, man. I believe in love. I believe that there's somebody out there for everybody and whatever you're looking for, you can find it. It mm -hmm. just takes some work to find. And like you said, multiple times it takes work on yourself as well. Yeah. And, um, you know, we're happy to talk about this and wishing everyone the best out there. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that for me, it seems when it comes to relationships and love, I think a major factor is self-love. If you can learn to love yourself and accept yourself, and to, it doesn't mean don't work on growing and becoming a better version, but truly loving yourself, then I feel like you can properly love somebody else. And um, there's that quote that I don't know who says it. I don't think anybody knows who, who said it first, but we accept the love we think we deserve, right? So you get to the point where you know you deserve a better love, you know you can give a better love, and you seek out a partner that values those same things, has the same morals, and wants to grow and take on life with you. And I think you have a pretty good recipe for success. So happy, uh, I don't want to say hunting, but um, to everyone out there who's in a relationship, everyone who's looking to, like Will said, there's somebody out there for everybody. So I hope you, uh, hope you find your person. And if some guy wants to make fun of me for that, say it to my face, bro. Say it to my face. <laughs> Signing out. Thanks for tuning in to Studio 22. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host 
hosts of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.